right, welcome everybody to another episode of Elite Zone. I'm your host, Max Bergstrom, and man, we got a, an awesome episode for you today. I got my man, Alvin Newton, with me here from Real Marketing. Uh, Alvin, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Max. Thanks for having me here today, yeah, man. Yeah, you, you know what? You're looking sharp. We both yeah, got the black, black shirts on. on. We're, uh, we're, I didn't know yeah. we were supposed to match outfits today, but I guess it worked out nice. Almost have the same hairstyle going on too, I, man. We do. Yeah. We do. When I grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> The reason I say that is because uh, Alvin is not only uh, an, uh, an expert in real estate, he's an expert in marketing as well. So you put those two together, um, you know, you're a, you're a dangerous man, we could say. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into some, some stuff. We're going to drop a lot of value for you guys today. So definitely pay attention to this one. Um, right before we hopped on here, Alvin had sat down and he said, you know, uh, luckily I'm not in my normal business attire. And I was like, man, do you normally wear a suit? And what did you say? I said, no, man, I wear a baseball hat and shorts and a t-shirt. Right, that's why. <laughs> that's because we're in San Diego, right? Yeah. Now I'm, I'm from Minnesota, Minneapolis originally. And I wore, like when I went to a job interview, I wore a suit. Yeah. There's any business position, I wore a suit. Yep. Um, my dad was a, a lawyer and then a judge, sharp looking guy. He always wore a suit. And in, you know, in the Midwest, it's a little bit different. I get out here and I go for a, my first interview and I'm wearing a suit and I go in this place and people are looking at me like, hello, Mr. Mayor, yeah. you know what I mean? And like the flip flops and, the, and, the, and the, the, the backwards hats and the tattoos, which I have a whole bunch of. And I, you know, I appreciate that, I really do, but you know, my, my mom was a big, she used to say the clothes make the man, you know, dress for success. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, uh, I'm in a band, I do that, you know, and, and uh, like I'm usually in rock and roll gear and stuff, but man, no, I, you know, I, I think uh, on uh, the, the nice San Diego business cash, it's a good way to go. And like, you know, what, what do you, when, when, when you dress up, it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of like putting on a uniform. You yeah. know, if I dress yeah. ready for business, it like mentally, you know, like a, when a football player puts on his outfit. Absolutely. Or when Batman puts yeah. on his suit, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how I think about it. Uh, have you had any similar experiences to that? I, I mean, it, I love that you asked that question because, you know, like one of the things that, that we talk about in the, um, you know, 13 years I've been with the marketing company I've been with and in the real estate industry is the one thing that I learned was that, you know, you see a lot of, you see a lot of agents, a lot of listing agents. I go on to listing appointments. Um, I know a particular guy in, um, in East County, great guy, sells a ton of real estate. He still to this day goes on a listing appointment in a t-shirt and flip-flops and that works for him. But ideally you should be dressed, like if you're going on a listing appointment, the way you should dress is you, you should just kind of be one up from what how your client dresses. Totally. Right, and like what I mean by that is like if your client um, is a typical business guy who dresses maybe in some dockers and a dress shirt, you should probably show up on that listing appointment with some nice slacks, maybe a nice shirt, and then just a jacket, right? So um, right. you really should just be one up from what your client, how your client dresses, if that makes any sense. Oh, uh, it makes complete yeah. sense. There's something, a couple things came up. One, you know, um, the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort. Now, yeah. you know, I'm a sober guy. I've been sober for 10 years yep. over that now. Um, so I resonate with him a lot with his backstory and all, you know, all the drug use. And I, I just, but I've also, I've gotten a lot of value from his stuff. And one thing he said is, you know, um, somebody was like, well, you know, do you always have to, you know, wear a suit, you know, look like business. And he goes, no, man, like if, if I go to buy a motorcycle and I go to a Harley shop, 
I'm not gonna buy a motorcycle from a guy in a suit. I'm gonna buy a motorcycle from the guy with long hair and a beard and a leather jacket. Right, that right, guy looks right. like he's, you know. Right. So, you know, if you're somebody that's in sales and in the people business, you need to uh, you need to appease that. Absolutely. And there's a lot of the, you know, a lot of stuff nowadays will be authentic, be yourself. If you know, you do whatever you want and do you and you'll attract the right people. Um, you know, and I, I agree with that. However, what about all the other people that you may be missing out on? Right. So, you know, just to your point, I'm not right. gonna wear a suit to a listing appointment if it's on the beach and my clients are, you know, surfers. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I might have on a pair of nice slacks and a really nice dress shirt. Of yeah. Some sort, right? Still might, maybe, maybe untuck it. Untuck and maybe even have some flip flops. Yeah, on, roll up the know? sleeves. Yeah. Exactly. Just you kind know? of be, just like I said, it's just being just one above how they dress. That's it. Keep it real simple, real casual, right? Exactly. And yeah. then, you know, diving even deeper into that. Um, you know, I don't know uh, before, you know, I, I originally I wanted to be a therapist, so I have a, a psychology background. Okay. Um, and uh, so I used to watch a lot of Tony Robbins. We used to talk about matching and mirroring. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Right now, Alvin is sitting across from me and he's, you know, he's sitting up straight and he's got his hands on the table. Yeah. So I'm doing that now. And if I'm talking with him and I want to build rapport, just like you would with a client, if Alvin leans back and, you know, in his chair, I'm going to lean back like that too. Not exactly like you, but, you know, you kind of mirror. Right. And if you came in here and you were like, Hey Max, how you doing? You know, real energetic. I wouldn't be like, oh, "How you doing, man?" What's exactly. You know, you you literally, yeah. you know, when you do that, and you're like, "Man, there's something about this guy I like," yeah. and people don't realize it's because you know I'm mimicking the same body language and yeah. tonality and all of that stuff. So you know, in your experience in, in marketing and, and sales and everything, I know that we were talking before you were in real estate. You uh, you sold cars, or yeah, you sold yeah, cars, yeah, right? Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. So tell like, how did Car salesmen always get this like I'm a sleazy car salesman yep. type of thing, but um, I got nothing but respect for those guys yep. because it's that's hard work. I have you know what I, I have to say that you know being in car sales definitely taught me everything about sales. Right? Everything about sales. Everything about sales, right? Just like you said, mirroring the client, right? Like I do have that personality where I'm always just like up and I talk really fast. But it depends on who I'm with, right? Like if I was with with a, with a soft, gentle person who talked very softly, I would have to think to myself, I need to tone down my tonality. Yeah. I need to be on the same wavelength as that person, yep. right? So I could build that rapport, like you said. And um, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's funny because, you know, going back, I mean, I want to say 17 years ago is mm -hmm. when I was in the car industry. Okay. And the funny thing is now everybody knows who Grant Cardone is. Totally. I knew who Grant Cardone was 17 years ago and he was just getting started in the car business. Exactly. Right. Doing yep. his pitches. And so I learned a lot of stuff from him 17 years ago. Like, um, like face to face? Yeah, he came and did presentations. Get in out office. of town! Absolutely. Yeah, this is because he used to live in San Diego. Dude, I've read back a, in the day. a bunch of his books. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and, I, and actually, like uh, two episodes ago, I had a good friend of mine, great videographer, um, social media expert. He came in here. His name's Tony Hernandez. Great guy. And we we were talking about um, Grant Cardone too, you know, because we, you know, we, yeah, the, the, it's like the new model now is. And this is going to pertain to you as yeah, well. Yeah. You 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 build up a craft, you get good at it, you establish yourself in business, and then you teach 
you go meta, right? You teach other people who are in that position how to do what you've done. Right. And then you can even go meta on that and you can teach other marketers how to teach people. You know what I mean? And right. down the chain. And I, like Grant Cardone has successfully done that. Yeah. He was a salesman. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had substance issues. He's got a great, you know, yeah. a, a powerful backstory. And then he built that up and then he became a trainer of salespeople. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a super cool guy. My, my favorite, clo- uh, you know, he's got all those closings. Yeah. My favorite one from him is when somebody's like, uh, you know, well, that's a lot of money. He goes, yes, it is. I need your signature here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sign and date. He disagree with yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, okay. So, tell me, yeah. tell me more about your journey, you know, back in the day, how you got started, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I started, um, well, I moved to San Diego in... Um, 1999, so mm. I've been here, what, 20, almost 24 years. Um, and I originally moved from Northern California, so I grew up in Northern California, moved to San Diego with my wife and daughter. And um, I started working at Bob Baker Chevy Subaru in El Cajon, actually. So mm. I was there for, like I said, 15 plus years. And um, you know, I did everything from sales, finance, desk, desking deals, if yeah. people know what that means. So you really got like the whole... I got the whole realm of that business, right? And then, um, you know, just to fast forward on that, because I could talk about that forever, but just to fast forward, uh, we had the Great, Re- uh, the Great Recession happen in uh, 2008, 9, 10, right in that time frame. Yep. And um, at that time, I was actually working at Courtesy Chevrolet in Mission Valley as a desk manager. And... Um, the economy, I mean, in a nutshell, my income got cut, get, uh, got cut in half. So like I was making like 40% mm. of what I was used to making. Oof. So I personally went through what, what a lot of other people did, right? I lost my house, I lost everything, right? And during that time, this was in 2008, I'm trying to remember, 2008, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get my real estate license. And everybody's like, dude, you're freaking crazy. You're gonna get your real estate license in the worst time that you could get it. And so um, I got my real estate license and all I did for about a year and a half was short sales. And I had to like, I had to give my short sales to like short sale negotiators. So my commissions got cut like way, way down. But um, I learned a lot about the business. You know, I, I worked a lot though. I worked 12, 13, 14 hour days, seven days a week. And I survived. Yep. I survived through that, right? And then, um, you know, as time went on, um, I had a great uh, geographical change. I moved back up to Northern California for like five months because at that time, as I was saying, I lost everything. I didn't know what to do. So I had to go back up to Northern California to um, with my, for my, ask my parents for help at, uh, you know, almost 40 years old, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I was there for five months, came back to San Diego, started doing real estate again. And I happened to uh, meet the owner of Real Marketing. And um, Real Marketing is a real estate marketing company just for real estate agents. And um, anyways, I, I talked to the owner multiple times. And to make a really long story short, I've now been with that company for a little over 13 years. Okay, 13 That's years. kind of my journey. Yeah. Gotcha. So car sales, real estate. I love that, you know, you talk, you mentioned the point of getting into it and everybody saying you're crazy, right? Yeah. I always, you know, I've always had people say like some, you know, do the counterintuitive thing because um, nobody else is going to do that. Yeah. So like real estate when the market's down, like, are you nuts? Okay. And I mean, now, we could touch on that a little bit more later too, based on today's market. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So um, real marketing. So yeah. 
what is real marketing? What are you guys all about? What do you do? Tell me about that. Yeah, so real marketing is a direct mail marketing company and um, it's specific for real estate agents only. Um, the owner of our company actually started this company about 28 years ago in Boca Raton, Florida. All right. So he started in Boca Raton. Out Must of, have retired early, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I know, right? So um, he started in Boca Raton 28 years ago out of his apartment, right? And um, what we're known for across the U.S., um, because we do this, you know, obviously in the U.S. and Canada, uh, we're known for what we call our monthly market report. And what I mean by that, it is a farming piece. Okay. So we specialize in helping agents dominate a farm, mm -hmm. right? So what that piece is, it's a piece that we create for them. Um, agent does not have to do anything. We create it all for them. And then um, that piece gets printed and mailed to their neighborhood every month, month in, month out. Without them, you know, just set it and forget it. Yes. So we have a few different options. We gotcha. do have the set it and forget it, which mm -hmm. is what we call our automated market report. Yep. And then we do have a custom market report. So the custom market report basically just means that you're assigned to a designer. That designer updates your piece for you every month, meaning like let's say that you're marketing to Pacific Island Ranch, popular neighborhood here in Carmel Valley, San Diego. You're, you, you just took a new listing and sold a home in Carmel Mountain Ranch and you want to add that to your market report, mm -hmm. then you can add that information to your market report. Our designer updates the piece and then they print it and they mail it to the neighborhood. Nice. Okay. So again, it's, you know, it's, it's a monthly piece. And um, I mean, I don't know, we could, we could touch on that. But like I, I told, told you, Max, earlier, I've heard so many stories as to, well, why they shouldn't mail it monthly. We should only be mailing every other month or we should be mailing quarterly. Right, so there's so many different things um, that we could touch on there as well. Mm -hmm. um, just yeah, to show people, touch on frequency, frequency, man, got a lot, man. Got a lot to talk to about that it's consistency. consistency. Yeah. yeah, so um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And I mean, we do everything that has to do with print marketing. So we create pre-listing books, listing marketing packages, buyers guides, just listed, just sold postcards, property brochures, personal brochures, whatever you want as mm -hmm. an agent that has to do with print, we can do for you. Yeah, guys, Alvin brought me a, a, a folder here that's got some marketing pieces in it, um, and it looks next level. So uh, real marketing, obviously, definitely check these guys out. Um, but, you know, I, I know we were chatting a little bit about, you know, just about what you were talking about, you know, the, 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 the business economy that we live in now is, yeah. there's so much content out there, Yeah. right? So yeah. if you, you know, you Google real estate marketing strategy, there's going to be a hundred thousand different schools of thought. Hundred percent. Post more. Post less. Yeah. Don't use this. Use that. Don't do ads. Only grow organic. Uh, never do organic. You know, there's, there's so much different schools of thought out there, and new right. things coming up. And one of the things uh, you know that I had said to you is, um, you know, like. I'll do trainings and talk with people and when they say that like well I heard this I heard that as I you know I say two things I say one I'm not I'm not claiming that I'm right right different businesses different approaches all of that but here's the thing is that if you're not measuring the success of what you're doing then you have no idea to know right so that's what you know in my mind I have my real estate license too um, unfortunately for me, I was a lousy agent, so I'm just on the, <laughs> the marketing and consulting side. Sure. But I do know, you know, as a business person, that um, you know, you've got to be able to to note and mark the progress, right? So with direct mail, 
Um, how are you guys measuring that? Is it QR codes? Does it go to a you know like a, a gated personalized URL? How much personalization do you do? Like you know, because direct mail could be a letter, it could be a postcard. Yeah. But how yeah. are you guys? What's the engagement you're getting for for clients? And like, how are you measuring that? Yeah, no, I love that question. So. Basically, in a nutshell, one of the things I left out was that each piece, so one of the things that we do is we use variable data on our pieces. Okay. So what happens is when that piece gets mailed to that specific homeowner, it will actually say prepared especially for Alvin and Sherry Newton. Yeah. So it's personalized with their name on the cover. On print. On print. And then when they open it up, there'll be a call to action at the top uh, right-hand corner that will say, Alvin and Sherry Newton, would you like to know the most current value of your home in today's market, right? So there's a personalized call to action. You spoke a QR code. So we actually do um, have an option for what we call a smart QR code. Mm -hmm. So what happens is, is when that homeowner scans that smart QR code, the agent automatically gets an email instantly letting them know that Alvin Newton at 1212 Johnson Street just scanned the QR code. Okay, okay. Uh, so if you're listening to this, replay that part right there. Yeah. Um, listen to that again, right? Yeah. That's that's super, super important. It's personalized. Yep. Uh, it's intelligent, and you instantly get a notification with the homeowner details yeah. when they scan it. When they scan it, and, and here's the thing. So all we can get right now is name and address, right? Um, so let's say that you redirect them when they scan it, that redirect goes to a landing page. Maybe it's a home value assessment landing page, mm-hmm. okay? So the whole idea with that obviously is to get them to fill out that form so then that way you'll capture now their email address and their phone number hopefully. But the best part about it 100% is even if they don't fill out the form, you still know that Alvin and Sherry Newton at 1212 Johnson just scanned that QR code. Mm-hmm. So that gives you the option to do a few different things. You can follow up with that with that um, homeowner how you please. Like one of the things that we a lot of our clients do is we create a trifold personal brochure that they either drop off or they mail to that particular homeowner. Um, if they know that they scanned um, to find out the current market value of their home, they may put together a CMA, mail okay. that to the homeowner. Um, and the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm actually going to contact my title rep and ask him because he can get me their phone number and email. Sure. And then I'll be able to follow up with them. those records. Yes, follow up with them that way as well. Nice, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, how we're able to leverage data and tools now, I mean, that is just, it's, it is crazy, Uh it is crazy. Um, But a big thing that you hinted on, and this is huge for any agents listening right now, is that, um, you know, the more personalized you can get, not only with variables, but also like, you know, I, a lot of agents say, you know, well, I, I want to grow in, let's say I want to grow in this farm, you know, like I'm doing Carlsbad. I want to grow in, uh, you know, La Costa. Right. Um, I say, okay, so how, how do you want to do that? And, you know, they get a bunch of templated generic things and they just blast it out to everybody. Yeah. Yep. So what I always say is you've got your whole farm. Now you segment that out. You got your downsizers. You got your likely to sells, people that are living in their home for six to nine years. Yep. You know, who do you want to work with? What kind of income do they have? Um, you know, you got your renters that may be wanting to buy, um, you know, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And then you personalize your marketing and your messaging to each one of those segments 
uh, and then you add the variables, the name, the, yeah. where they live, you know, you're at your your home at blah, you know, whatever you add that stuff on there, then it's much more effective because it's like you're speaking to them personally, right? And right. Uh, the we we have tested that as well at companies I've worked for. I've worked for real estate companies. I can tell you that the um, uh, the the percentage of engagement and scans goes up dramatically. When you know yeah. who you're talking to, what they want, what yeah. they're afraid of, uh, what are their goals and dreams, and like you know their situation already. Yeah, it's like I already know you, man. Yeah. It's your friend Alvin. Exactly. You remember, you know. Yeah. So, t- like, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's a great one, man. So you know what we're doing right now, for example, is and and I actually thought of this because as you had mentioned earlier, I, I am slowly getting back into the real estate game, and we'll talk a little bit. Yeah, more you've got about your license, later. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, you know, one of the things that that our clients do is, let's say that they're mailing to Pacific Highland Ranch. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that we do not encourage our clients to do is what we call predictive analytics. And what I mean by predictive analytics is that let's say that your farm has fifteen hundred homes in it. Predictive analytics is going to say, well, out of those fifteen hundred home homes these 322 are most likely to sell yes so that's who you should be marketing to. right wrong um farming is a long-term commitment and if you're farming a neighborhood and you want to be the dominant agent in that farm you need to be mailing to every single person in that farm and i'll give you a, a couple of reasons why because if i just bought my house in that farm yesterday six months from now i might get a job transfer and have to move to um chicago Right. And if I've been getting your piece for the last six months, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to call you to list my home. So now is what we can do is take that a step further. Right. You're mailing to every single person in the neighborhood. Now on my software, I can go in and look at all of those addresses and I can pull predictive analytics to see who is most likely to sell by a by like a point system. Right. Okay. And so maybe now we have 192 people based on the data I pull that are most likely to sell. Mm. So now is what you should do, is you should be doing an additional piece just to those people. And it could be it could be a postcard, whatever that message may be, right? So those 194 people, you may be touching them twice a month, right? Because they're getting the market report every month, the whole farm is, and now we know that 194 of those people are most likely to sell. So now we're touching them with an additional piece, right? Um, and it could be multiple pieces. And like you said, we could have a QR code on there that they scan. So now based on whatever the message is and what they scan, now we can follow that up with another message. Exactly. Right? Pertaining specifically. Exactly. Yeah. So if you send out, yes. you know, over two months, you've sent out, you know, five pieces. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for a specific potential yeah. seller, yeah. they've scanned two with a specific message. Correct. And then three. Yeah that didn't apply. Correct. So now you know more about that person. Absolutely. And you know, and just to touch on, I don't want to go back too far, but just to touch on the ROI aspect of it, because yeah. that is no, very, very important. For sure. It's the first first thing an agent's going to ask about marketing. Yeah. What kind of ROI am I going to get? How is this going to bring me leads? Absolutely. And you know, when it comes to direct mail marketing, first of all, um, from what I read and I've seen, direct mail market industry has kind of stayed relevant, right? It hasn't really gone down. It really hasn't gone up. It's, it's right in the 40 billion, the $47 billion a year 
um, advertising. Say that again. Yeah. How, 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 how much it's a like year? Forty billion to forty-seven billion. Forty-seven a year billion is spent year. on direct mail marketing. So, right. So don't say it doesn't work. Guys, still very relevant. Still very relevant. Right. Um, I forgot what I was going to talk. Oh, you the, were talking the, the ROI. The ROI. Yeah. So. Um, what we know as a company is that, again, farming is a long-term investment. If you were to look back like 30 years ago and you would say, hey, Joe, um, who, who's the dominant agent in that farm? You would know, right? Like because, because 30 years ago, that's all people did was farm, exactly. right? And so there was always a dominant agent. You would know that Sally Smith was the dominant She's agent. She's the gal around She's here. the one that we should call if we're going to list our home, right? So with technology and everything has changed, right? So what we're seeing now is that with direct mail is that within the first year of starting a farm and doing your farm, the first year, um, 73% of our clients, I used to say would break even, but because of the price points of homes now, they literally double their investment. And, and what, what I mean by that is that's just one deal and their farm in that first year, Oof, right? That's... One deal. Wow. Okay. And so... By year, so you go year one, year two, and year three. And what we've also seen is by year three, um, the agents that are mailing to over 900 homes a month, by year three will have anywhere between 20 and 30% market share of their community. So again, this is a long-term investment. It's not a magic bullet that you buy at convention, right? Exactly. You, go to, you go to convention, you have this shiny new object, that shiny new object. And so our minds are like, oh, I'm spending a shit ton of money on real marketing for farming. Uh, maybe I should take some of that money and try some of these other things out. The reality is, yeah, I mean, if you wanna try other things out, it's great, but when it comes to farming, um, you have to commit to that farm for the rest of your real estate career, whether you're with our company or not. That's what farming is. You need to be touching them with relevant real estate information month in and month out. Yeah. And what I mean by relevant real estate information, you don't want to send recipe cards because now you're branding yourself as a cook and not a realtor, right? So you just want to be sending them month in and month out um, relevant real estate information, right? Very right. important. Simple, but not always yeah, easy. Exactly. Right? Um, yeah, was there a second part to your question? Uh, yeah, well, you know, we were talking before about frequency. Yeah. And, you know, so my expertise is not direct mail. Yeah. Um, you know, I know enough about it to be dangerous, yeah. but I'm not a designer. Uh, my expert is digital, so online marketing, right? Um, and the, the funny thing about that is in social media especially and in, in posting blogs and things like that, you know, um, you know, when I talk to agents, they're like, "Well, I'm doing one email a month, and you know, I, I'm I'm semi-active on social media. I go to their profile, and you know, they posted like two weeks ago, and it was like a cropped piece from their company where like the letters are cut off, and it, you know, like it's just they're not very active. Yeah. <clears throat> and so they're like, "Well, you know, how often do I need to do this?" And I'm like, "As much as you can." Yeah. When, and anytime anybody ever, and again, guys, I'm not saying I'm right. Yeah. It's, you know, if it's whatever you're doing, if it's working for you and you can measure it, great, go do that. You can say, Max doesn't know what he's talking about. This is working. That's great. I, I want people to do that. But we live in an economy online now where there's so little attention and there's so many different content options, right? Buy this, do that. I'm the realtor. She, you know, there's so much out there, and we're in this instant economy now. Yeah. So online, you need to be saturating as much content as possible. You know, three to four video posts if you can do it a day. 
Um, and now, you know, these don't, sh should not all be just real estate related because on social media, the game works a little bit differently. It's, you know, building sure. a personal brand and there's other aspects of your life about that. But with, with, uh, with direct mail, what, what I want to know from you is, um, what in your opinion is the frequency that is best working for agents to send out direct mail pieces or is there no answer to yeah that? no I, I love that so so really again it's you know if you're just going to do a market report and you're just getting started in a neighborhood you should definitely be touching them every 30 days with the market report so every month right and market that would report be our, monthly that'd be yeah. our four page market report that's branded specifically to that neighborhood so mm -hmm. it's very hyper local Again, personalize with the homeowner's name. Um, to take that a step further where we see massive results is uh, we have a client here in San Diego. We have two actually, two Gregs. We have Greg Newman okay, and we have Greg Noonan, right? I know it's, it's confusing. Any, uh, re any relation to you? No, not at all, no. So, so Greg Newman is um, an agent in downtown San Diego, okay? Greg Newman, does a four-page market report to every single building in downtown San Diego. So he does, we have a separate wing in our office that just works on Greg Newman stuff. So he does, um, he has 67 individual market reports. Along with his 67 individual market reports, he has a building website that goes with each one of those market reports, right? So he has digital going on there as well. Um, so when Greg, so Greg mails his market report every month to all 67 buildings, okay? When he takes a listing in a building, he then does a four-page property brochure of that listing and mails that into that particular building. So why does he do that property brochure and not just a postcard? He does a property brochure because it now shows that potential seller that lives in that building how Greg would market their home if they were to list with him, right? Very important. And then when he sells that listing, he then, he then does a just sold postcard. So there's some months that Greg's hitting one market area, one building three times in one month. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously the more that you can do the better. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and of course, Greg, you know, Greg's been, I've been with the company 13 years and I want to say Greg's been with real marketing for 15 years. Sure. He started out doing three buildings and um, now does like all 67. And last year he made 5 million in commissions out of that 500,000 that he spent. So do the math on that. Holy moly. Right, he mails about 13,000 pieces a month, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, okay, so. well, so then, you know, that's a, that's a good way to spell that out yeah. very clearly. I think that if, if, uh, if all of this doesn't work out for you guys, you know, I think you should open a law firm and call it Newman, Noonan, and Newton. I know, right? Crazy. I, that, I would work, I it's would crazy. do it. I would do it. Noonan, Greg Noonan actually does like, I don't know, about 11,000 homes in La Jolla. So he, he basically has a La Jolla blanketed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Another important thing to you guys is that um, unfortunately, <laughs> La Jolla and downtown are taken because we do offer exclusivity to one agent in a neighborhood, right? In our area, it, anywhere. It could be San Diego. It could be Washington. If that neighborhood is being marketed to, we offer exclusivity to one agent. So you don't have to worry about another client coming in. Okay, so then exactly. from from the one, I love that as an agent. I mean, that like sweetens the deal. Yeah. But two, is that I mean, you guys are clearly you know using that to to build you know loyalty with your customers, which is great. But 
isn't that cutting out profits for your company? Yeah, so that's that's a really good question. So we're building loyalty with our clients, but we're also saying to them, hey, look, here's, because we can't guarantee anything, but here's what we're gonna do for you to get you to the top 20, 30% market share in this community. I can't turn around now and say the same thing to somebody else and then turn around and say the same thing to somebody else. Oh no, yeah, that's- right? I can't do that, right? right? It's just, uh, First of all, it's not fair to the first agent that signed up for the area. Yeah. And again, if we were to do that, it would just be it would just be pure greed at that point. Yeah, it's just and not ethical. It's not ethical. Yep. That's not what we're about, right? right? We want our agent to have massive success in their farm because when they do have massive success, then they add more farms. Then they have add other farms. And now they're referring other agents. Yeah, and then they're gonna tell other yes. agents about this. Dude, yeah. you're in your in your farm, like, you know. Yeah. Real marketing can really help yeah. you. I mean, in my 13 years of being here, I would say within the last six years, 90% of my new business every month are referrals. That's so that's amazing. Yeah, it's it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, see, right? that's uh, um, yeah, it's like you know, you you have a you build a business and your product and your service is so good that uh, your business sells itself. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I had people call me. They're like, yeah, so-and-so told me about you. And I'm like, okay, great. Um, would you like me to send you some information? And you know, they're like, no, I've and, and I'm like, oh, have you seen the piece already? Yeah, they showed it to me. Um, I just want this farm, let's rock and roll. And it could be like literally a 20 minute conversation and they mm -hmm. just signed a, a, an agreement to spend, you know, 1500 bucks a month. Right. In and 15 minutes. Agents, you know, you know, you guys listen to that because yeah. imagine, you know, as, as an agent and you, you, so you're not, you're an agent as well. I am. Yes. So as an agent, if you had somebody call you and they were like, Hey, you know, you just sold a, a home to my cousin. She told me about the experience. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to send you some stuff? No, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yeah. Easiest sale possible. Yeah. So are, are you, you're out doing the thing now? Are you representing clients? Have you, are you full into the age? Like, tell me about that yeah, and, no, and, and why do both at the same time? It's a great, I love that question, man. Cause trust me, I've gone over this in my head for, for quite a while now, but um, yeah. So as I said, I got my license in 2008, um, went through some hard times in 2008 um, as far as short sales and things of that nature go. And then when I met David, um, I always had an interest in marketing, so I got into the marketing aspect of real estate, and I love real estate, right? And so um, what, what I do every day, so like what my job is, is like I will go in and I will look up a farm area. So like if, a, if an agent says, hey, I'm interested in this farm, I go look at that farm and I determine how many homes are in it, and then I can also determine, for example, um, you know, what the turnover ratio is. I can also look to see if there's already a dominant agent already dominating that farm, right? Mm -hmm. Very important if you're thinking about a farm, by the way. Um, and, and if you're gonna look at turnover ratio, um, you should do an average of five years, right? Because our market's been so crazy right now. I mean, there is Some no, people are gonna hang yeah, on no matter what. Crazy. Some people might sell no matter yeah, what. So you should really look at a five-year average. Um, and I would say, you know, especially where we live in San Diego, because our price points are so high, mm -hmm. I would say anything four and a half percent and up is a good neighborhood to be in. Um, if you were being coached by Tom Ferry, he would tell you six percent. But um, that's kind of makes sense if you live where homes are like three hundred and four hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. But you know, our homes are one point two and up, right? Yeah, so, for a, for a shack, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, I live in Carmel Valley, and I was blown away that the townhome that I live in identical to mine just sold for 1.2 and I'm like 1.2 for a townhome blows I, me away I've got right? a, I've got a, a friend that lives in Carlsbad yeah west of the five yeah 
Um, you know, you can throw a baseball and it'll roll down a street into the ocean. Yeah. Uh, our parents are getting a little bit older. And she's like, you know, I got this house. Uh, you know, my parents, are, they may, you know, move somewhere else. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, if they move out, you know, what should I do? Yeah. And um, the house is nothing special. Trust me. I yeah. was like, well, you and your son, you go rent a smaller place inland <laughs> for two, three years. <laughs> you rent this one out for yeah. 7000 a week. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her, her house was estimated at $2.1 million. You know, it's a, a three-bedroom. It's outdated. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the location factor, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you can you can yeah. leverage that. But anyways, I didn't mean to yeah, throw you okay. off track there. But we're talking yeah. about you know people not selling people, sell, yeah. you know, and looking at the the predictive analytics or you know turnover rates in neighborhoods yeah. and such. So well, to answer your question, you know, the reason why I am getting back into real estate full time is because. Um, <clears throat> I mean, quite frankly, I can. I mean, the owner of Real Marketing is letting me do it, which is phenomenal. Um, he believes, he obviously believes in our product, he believes in me. Um, so it's like, again, going back to 2008, you guys, that was said to be the worst time to get into the industry. And a lot of people are saying right now is the worst time to get into the industry, right? Because of the way the market is. Um, the way that I foresee the future of real estate, and this is just my opinion, but what I've seen in our markets for the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years is that there's never going to be a normal market again. When we could go back, you know, 15, 20 years ago and go, okay, well, real estate has its little curve. It goes up for about five years and then it goes it's down. Better in the spring. And then it goes up. Exactly. I mean, in my opinion, that's gone. That's like gone because things are changing daily. Things are changing monthly. Um, you know, we have the interest rate crisis right now. I don't know if you want to call it a crisis because people are still um, are still getting loans. I mean, it's a lot less than what it was before. But I guess what, what I'm trying to say is that um, the market's never going to be what it was like three years ago. Mm -hmm. It could be. It could, it, it could go to that again, but it won't last long. It'll shift again. It's constantly going to always shift moving forward. There's always going to be changes and there's always going to be things that we're going to have to overcome in the industry. So... The reason why I wanted to get back into it is because my belief is when it's like this, when inventory is low, interest rates are high, um, a lot of agents are leaving the industry. So the way that I'm looking at it is, this is a huge opportunity for me to get back into the game and brand myself and to start doing the marketing that I suggest to other agents to do um, because I know that it works. and. Um, for example, I actually have my first pieces hitting next month, and um, I'm starting out big, man. I'm going 2,000 homes in Carmel Mountain Ranch, up off the 15. No, lovely area, by love the it. way. Yeah, I love that area. And you know, here, here's the mindset that you have to have when you do this. You can start off with 300 homes, little fishnet. You can start out with 2,000 homes, big fishnet, right? The larger the fishnet, the more opportunity. So. I know that when I looked at the data of the area I'm farming, um, you know, shit, there were 73 homes that sold last year. Hey, if I could get two of those in my first year, I'm totally cool with that, right? So again, it's about that first year getting some business out of it. And again, the other thing that you have to understand that this type of marketing is to get sellers, right? So, yeah. so we're not interested in getting you buyer leads, we're interested in getting you seller leads. However, 67% of those sellers will actually become your buyer as well. Yeah. Right? That's the thing is, you know, so, I, 
they're people. Yeah. You know, they're always going to need to sell and buy. Yeah. And the, one of the points that you just made that I love is getting into something when the going is rough, right? Yeah. Because here's the, I mean, you know, I was, uh, what was I? I was uh, 17 in um, er, 2002. But I'll tell you, if I was 37 in 2002, I would have bought a city block in Detroit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? right? When everybody's, yeah. oh, are you, that's worth nothing. Yeah. Like, that's how big time investors, that's how they make their, you know, they make good money doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's, everything's down. Stocks are down. Yeah. Real estate market's bad in this area. Okay, cool. I'm going to go and I'm going to buy up a whole bunch of property. Yeah. And I'm going to sit on it because eventually when it does come back, there you go. Yeah. So, you know, that's great. I love that, man. Yeah, and, and, you know, just to touch on something else too, you know, as far as getting into the market now, um, you know, what I've seen in, what I've seen working for oil marketing for 13 years, when the market's good, um, you know, agents are newer, maybe they're newer, um, you know, they were, you know, maybe working at local grocery store or whatever that may be, and they decided they wanted to get their license, so they get their license, they go out and get a couple of deals, they make 60 grand on two deals, so now is what they're doing is they're like, okay, well, I'm going to do some marketing. So they do some marketing and then now the times are bad. So it's like, well, now I don't have the money because I didn't run my business like a business, right? So that's very important too. And what I'm seeing is the agents that don't run their business like a business are actually fading away. And I read an article the other day that stated that 60,000 agents nationwide have already dropped out of the business. And within the next two years, they're expecting anywhere from 150 to 200,000 more. Right. So for the agents- There goes to, your competition. Yes. And for the agents that run your business like a business, if you're that person that starts doing marketing now, whether it be direct mail, whether it be social media, um, if you combine both ventures together, if you're the one that's doing it now, when the market shifts and all of a sudden it's a seller's market again, who do you think they're going to call? They're going to call you because you're the only one that's going to be doing anything. Boom. Right. I love that. Yeah. Competition gone. Yeah. Not to mention that, but when times are tough, like, you know, I, 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 I very recently, uh, like made my, my own business official. Um, and I was kind of doing it as a side hustle before, you know, working corporate. Yeah. And then I scaled it up to the point where I can step away from that. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, man, like it's been hard. There's the, uh, learning a new skill is tough, but who do you think, like, are you going to work harder for a client emotionally when times are rough or times are great? If it's easier for you, you know, and not like an ethical thing. I know you, you know, you're supposed to treat all clients sure. the same. My point is if, if you're like, man, like it's tough out there. I got to think creatively. I got to, maybe I got to change something. Maybe I got to learn something. Maybe I got to try something different. And then, you know, you build your skills yeah. and the clients you're working with, you know, you, you may have a lot more internal, but it's like burn the ships, right? Where yeah. like those, the, the war stories they talk about where the fleet would sail across. They're like, are we going to win this? Well, we're burning the ships. So now we have to win it. Cause if we don't win this, everybody's going to die. Yeah. Right. So you're going to work harder. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then when the market is great, you got all these people like yeah. this person was amazing exactly. Even during the rough market. Yeah, man. Like he really came through, you know, there were so many obstacles. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's just sharpening your position and your skills. Yeah. And I mean, you know, with, with everything changing, um, you know, and I don't know all the details on this, but what I do know is that, you know, there's been a class action lawsuit going on 
um, regarding buyer commission as far as seller paying buyer commission. And you guys can look, look into this, but um, basically what, where I'm going at with this is, is that we may come to very soon um, that the seller will not be allowed to pay the buyer commission anymore. So that means that you as a buyer's agent are gonna have to do a buyer broker agreement and ask your buyer to pay your fee. So you're gonna need to clean up on your skills, you know, yep. when it comes to that. And I mean, everybody should be doing a buyer broker agreement anyways. So again, it's always changing, right? Things are always changing. Always. And you have to stay on top of it, right? Stay on top of it, stay where the attention is. Another thing you mentioned is, you know, the like, I, I, you know, I get asked a lot, well, like, what's the one thing I should do? And, uh, you know, different tactics work differently, but in general, um, nowadays, I feel like the best approach is some form of omni-channel approach. Yeah. Especially for branding, because, you know, you, you know if, if I send you a postcard, you scan that QR code and I know what that's for, um, then, you know, you get a follow-up postcard, you're reading that, and then boom, a couple days later, you get an email. You know, hey, so-and-so, yeah. thought you might find this valuable, A, B, C, see you later, Alvin, whatever, right? And then they're on social media a day later and they see your content, you yeah. know? And then, a, you, you know, you send them a YouTube, you're like, I see this guy everywhere I go. And the more you do that, it gives people the perception that yeah. the brand may be bigger than it is. Perception's huge. That's it, right? Huge, it's all perception. It's just like on the market report, like when we show the data field of the active pending and sold data, Okay, we all know that you, like I'm not the one who listed and sold all those homes, but over time that seller, or that homeowner is just gonna have that perception. Wow, look at all this business that Alvin did or that Joe did, right? It's perception, right? It's about just building the perception. 100%. I mean, you know, I have clients that'll, that, that do a custom market report or they sign up for a custom market report. I'm like, well, have you sold a home in the neighborhood, you know, like in the last few months or like, no, it's been like a year. And I'm like, okay, who cares? So we're going to put, if, if you have the listing, we're going to put the picture of that home. We'll put the address and we'll put how much you sold it for, but we're not going to put the date that you sold it. Like, who cares? It's about building that perception mm -hmm. that look at here's a yeah, home and it's in not the neighborhood. False perception. It's not false. No, it's you did true. sell it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to put the date. We don't have to put the price that you sold it for. Right. All we could do is put sold one, two, one, two Johnson street. It's in the neighborhood. Yeah. As long as, Obviously, if you're the listing agent, you sold it, you're gonna have the rights to the photo so we can put it on there, right? So it's about getting totally. creative with things like that. And yeah. you can do that same type of stuff on social media too. 100%. Right? Yeah, I mean, at, at anywhere you are, and you know, yeah. the, the like I know I was, earlier I was talking about the no like, and trust factor, right? Yeah. So like, you know, knowing somebody comes through the relationship, liking somebody comes through, you know, you building rapport and doing that different place, yeah. but, the, the huge thing that I feel like real marketing does right off the bat, whether or not they know you or not from our conversation here is the trust factor. You know, yep. the trust factor. If, if, if you're, you know, if as, a, as a, a, market, a marketer myself, if I'm going to hire somebody, um, the, the, what they present to me, especially in print form, and personally delivered, it better it better wow me. Absolutely. Right? And not generically yeah. wow me. Yeah. But like you're talking about, yeah. like, this is me, this is my record, this is my 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 social proof to you yeah. that I'm an expert at what I do. Yeah. Sold, 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 sold. You know what I mean? Yeah. So right off the bat, and then you know, you can start to build, you know, the no and the like factor, but if somebody doesn't trust you, they don't then it's not gonna matter what you tell them. Absolutely. Right, and the trust is built 
uh, you know, just with us, but it's also built through our clients and the organizations we work with over these years. I mean, we're part of the Institute for Luxury Home Marketing, Remax, yep. um, EXP, like we're all a, a supplied vendor with all those companies. So there's a lot of trust there. I mean, it's not easy to get in as a preferred vendor at some of those companies. No, not so at all, man. When you're a preferred not vendor, there's definitely trust there. Um, you know, and one of the things that I love to see, and I got one in my email this morning, it's actually on my other phone, but I got an email this morning um, from one of our designers that was a testimonial from one of our clients. And basically what it said, and I've heard this all the time um, throughout the years I've worked there, is that um, I love your piece so much, it's so professional. I just have to say, I just won a listing appointment yesterday, and they had a stack of these on their kitchen countertop when I went to the listing appointment. So. What that basically says is that if, if, if you're mailing this piece into your neighborhood uh -huh. and that homeowner's thinking about selling their home, they are gonna save them and they are gonna keep them. They are not gonna throw them away. So when you go to that listing appointment, chances are they're gonna have a stack of them. The CMA for you is gonna be simple because they're already gonna know what their value of their home is based on the data that we provided in the market report, mm -hmm. right? So it's just, yeah, it's just an awesome thing, man. It's just, again, it's just for that agent understanding that yeah, there might be some shitty years and you might spend a lot of money and not get a lot of results, but you gotta look at what's gonna happen the year after and the year after and the year after. And that's why if you're running your business like a business, you're gonna have a marketing budget set aside for the year anyways. Um, and if that's the case, then you, you know, you'll be fine. So in, interesting point, how, you know, if you're an agent, yeah, you have a marketing budget, yeah, what percentage of your net profit yeah, should you put into your marketing? That's a great question, man. We get asked that all the time. And you know, the kind of the rule of thumb is 10%. So like if you made 100,000, if you make 200,000 a year, it should be 20,000 in marketing. Um, that's kind of like, what well, I guess we don't really say that that's what you should do, but sure. it should be like at least that. That's what I mean. The point that I'm getting, that I'm going, where I'm going with this is that, you know, there's a lot of services now that will market to agents offering the silver bullet, the shortcut exactly. for a very low price. Exactly. And then these agents, they're like, well, this is great. I don't want to spend, you know, 5K a month. I want to spend, you know, 795 a month. Right. And then they go to these places right. and, and they don't work. Hundred, and they're like, exactly. I, you know, I've tried everything. I don't know why it's working. It's like, well you're not allocating enough money into your marketing. Right. You know what I mean? And I, you know, and, and so when people like, I get that with my prices. Yeah. Like, well, why are you so expensive? Well, I'm, I'm expensive because I'm, I know what I'm doing. Like, you're not paying me hourly. You're paying me for my 15 years of experience and, and my team's combined 70 years of experience. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to go with um, a, a set it and forget it automated marketing system that has no personalization and isn't custom built, for you, then by all means, like, go ahead and do that. But I feel you know there's a lot of um, like anybody can build a company and just oh well we, we do this now like you know yeah. anybody can do that yeah. right. So Tom Ferry, I was listening to a talk of his and he says consumers are shifting towards the most well-established brands now, and the reason is because there's so many options. Correct. And for agents, that's really important yeah. because. If you're not spending on your marketing and branding yourself, in, not in the correct way, but in a way that's you know authentic to you and professional, yeah. um, and that doesn't come off with your photography, your videography, right. your mail. Like if, if you're not doing that, then you're not going to get the results 
that you're looking for. Right, right. And you know, to touch on that, man, we actually, probably like four years ago, four or five years ago, we did start within real marketing a social media aspect side to to our business because we got a lot of questions from agents asking us if we did social media. Sure. It lasted a year. Yeah. Because we couldn't handle it. It yeah. was a lot. And, and Oh and, yeah. And like what we were charging um wasn't a lot and so it, it didn't even pay it didn't even pay the bills on yeah. that part of it, right? So social media is it one would, of my services. Yeah. Same way for me. And it was it was difficult and like our owner said, look, we're we're a direct mail marketing company. We can let other people do the social media marketing part of it because it does take a special kind of, like like you said, it needs to be personalized, right? It needs to. We were trying to personalize it, and that's why we just like we're like shit. We can't come up with enough content to do this mm-hmm. for for all these agents who want it. Yep. Right? Because it was a lot. Yep. So, anyways, that that didn't even last a year, and uh, we just decided, nope, we're a direct mail marketing company, and that's the way that we're going to stay. Yeah. So, and that's great because yeah. you know you can brand yourself as the authority in Absolutely. direct mail marketing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, man, that's that's great. I mean, uh, you know, uh, before we wrap up here, give me like three things that you believe, like three pillars that are just essential to any agent that wants to scale up in a farm. Yeah, scale up in a farm. So, first of all, um, the first thing I would say is consistency is key. 100% consistency, right? When I say consistency, I mean consistency in your brand and consistency in what you do. Brand meaning that, uh, let's say you have a company like us create a monthly market report for you. Uh, we, we customize the look, the feel, your branding, the color scheme, everything that you do, right? You need to keep that consistent with the social media marketing that you do. You need to keep that consistent with you know, your YouTube page, whatever that is, because as soon as you do one thing and it's beautiful and professional and you're mailing this out to to uh, your farm every month and now you get a listing and you're like, oh, I don't want to pay 95 cents for a just listed postcard from real marketing. I'm going to spend, I only want to um, spend 45 cents on, you know, postcards, cheappostcards.com. Now you've just broken the consistency look and feel and is what happens is a lot of times that homeowner gets that from you and they don't even recognize that it's you, mm-hmm. right? So consistency is key. Um, I would say that if you're going to start a farm, you definitely need to start with 600 homes or more. Okay. Um, Meaning, you know, I get a lot of agents that say, well, my farm only has 300 homes. Okay, great. So do two farms. What I mean by that is you should be mailing at minimum 600 homes a month. If you're going to do 600 homes a month, you're going to be looking at about an $800 a month spend. Okay. So, you know, just do the math on that. Right. And, um, the third one, um, man, I can't, I, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything else right now. What say. about like the mind, you know, the mindset to have? Yeah. Because you, know, you have a unique perspective as not only yeah. an agent, but yeah. a marketing expert. Yeah. I mean, the know? mindset needs to be that you need to look at this as a long-term investment, long-term strategy. Yeah. You can't right? be part-time. You can't you, be part-time. You're not going to get rich quick. And that's why I struggled with getting back into the, into real estate is because I'm a firm believer that if I had an agent come to me and want to sell my house, and I really liked the person a lot, but they told me, oh, by the way, this is my part-time job, my full-time job, I'm a game, you know, a Nintendo game designer, yeah. whatever, I probably wouldn't yeah, hire that not going to work with you. Right? So yeah, I do work for real marketing, but I also do, am doing real estate full-time now, meaning that, yeah, I work like 13, 14 hour days right now. I work weekends. I work seven days yeah. a week. I mean, um, but, but I guess the difference with me 
is that um, what I do with real marketing intertwines with my real estate business. So that's that's the leverage like, point for you. Yeah, it's an Some, advantage oh, for well, me. The, you, yeah. you do this, you have a different yeah. job, be like, yeah, I'm a real yeah. estate marketer. Yeah. So the mindset <laughs> needs to be like, whatever you do needs to be long-term. You need to pick one or two things to do, right? Um, when it comes to marketing. Um, I guess maybe two or three. I know I'm only gonna do two. I'm gonna do direct mail and I'm gonna do some social media. Those are the two things I'm gonna do. And of course, you know, emails and things like that through my CRM tool. But um, I would say just focus on one or two things and whatever you choose to do, stick with it, man. Like do it for a good two to three years. Seriously, not even, I mean, sometimes a yep. year isn't even enough. It needs yep. to be two, three years yep. to really see what the return on investment is. Cause it's really easy to go to um, you know, like we're, we're going to be at EXP, EXP con in October. Do you know how many vendors are going to be there for $69 a month? You can do this $79 a month. You can do this. And then next year, those vendors won't be there and there will be other vendors there. Right? So how do I get on this, on the speaker board? I know that would <laughs> right? be awesome. So it's like, you got to stay away from the magic bullets. Um, that's all I can say to that. So the mindset needs to be one or two things, stick with it two to three years at minimum when it comes to marketing yourself as an agent. Love it. Well, guys, you heard it from Mr. Alvin Newton. Now, where can people get a hold of you? Uh, website, social media, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, you know, so so you could call me. Uh, my, my direct line is 858-230-2373. Um, you can also go to alvin.myremplan.com. And that's, my, that's like my landing page website. If you just want to go to our full-blown website, it's realmarketingforyou.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Alvin. Uh, super valuable stuff for anybody uh, that is looking to get into real estate or they're currently in real estate and, and doing well, but they want to elevate their their marketing and their brand and their business. So uh, appreciate it. We'll, we'll definitely uh, have you on the show again. And uh, for the listeners, uh, guys, I'll make sure to drop Alvin's links where you can uh, get a hold of him in the episode description. Um, but uh, as for now, I, and any parting words before we go? Um, I think I'm good, man. I just want to thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. I'll do that, and then I want you to make me one promise. Okay. I want. Well, you told me that you got back into real estate. Yep. You said, "Well, because I can." So I want your the tagline for your real estate business. You know, Alvin. <laughs> Because I can. Because I can. Yeah, I, love I love that, that man. That's good, dude. I like good. that. Yeah. All right, brother. Thanks right. so much. All right, Thank everybody. You. We'll see you next time on Elite Zone.